Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network presents The Kingdom Driven Family Podcast with your host, Andrea Schwartz. This podcast will equip and empower you to help advance Christ's kingdom through God's primary institution, the family, building a home that serves Christ and His kingdom. This interview was originally recorded live on Facebook as part of a series of homeschoolers telling their story. This one was entitled, How Homeschooling Allows You to Make the World Your Classroom. I have the pleasure of interviewing a young lady who I originally knew as a child. Her parents homeschooled her as her husband's parents homeschooled him. And as it turned out, these two met in one of my homeschool co-op classes. So I always have a special place in my heart for Michelle and Payson because even though God is the one who brought them together, I had at least a part in that. I have been to their wedding. I have been to performances Michelle has done as a child and as an adult. And now as a homeschooling parent, she's going to be sharing how God placed an opportunity before her and her husband. And of course, when you have an opportunity, you always have the choice to take it or not. So Michelle's from California. She grew up in California, but I'm speaking to Michelle because she is currently in London. And I want Michelle to share a little bit about herself. Thank you again so much for asking me to do this. It's really exciting and I love being able to share what God is doing and what he has done. And I loved homeschooling as a kid. I I was in a really good um, private school up until sixth grade. And my parents decided it was just for the best of our family and my education that we homeschooled my sister and myself. And I really enjoyed it. I liked the idea of being able to take things at my own pace and stuff I was struggling in. I could slow down and, and, and learn really learn it. Um, but something that my parents did, which is really fun, is I remember specifically they took us on a two-week trip of the western states, and it was the off-season. That's the joy of homeschooling is you don't have to go during breaks. You have freedom to go where, wherever, whenever you want, and um, that can mean outside of tourist season <laughs> where it's a lot cheaper, a lot less crowded, and and you can really learn that way. So. Fast forward now, my husband and I have been married over 20 years, and we were both college graduates, and uh, my husband worked at Cisco Systems for 18 years, and then God called him out of that to do a startup, and we've been in that adventure for the past four years, and all through that time, we've been homeschooling our kids. I have three children. Claire is 14, and Lily is 11. And William is eight. He turned eight a few weeks ago. So we are all over the map, high school, middle school, elementary school. <laughs> and I'm not a naturally born teacher. I'm learning right along with them. So my husband actually got an opportunity. We found out in um, January that he was accepted into an accelerator program in London, England. And that was huge. Um, we really needed something like that for the company, but it meant him coming and living in London for three months. So that's huge. You know, we're, we're very settled. Our family is in San Jose where we live. Our church, we're very involved in our homeschool groups. But there was never really an issue of if we could go. 
in the in the sense of school because again because we homeschooled we had the freedom to just literally pick up our stuff and go so we had four weeks to prepare which was not long thankfully the kids already had their passports and we were able to look at this as a really neat adventure for our kids um i think the thing my husband said which i thought was brilliant is that the, the wonderful opportunity here is not that we get to visit london for like a tourist but we get to live here as london our stuff home and you know and store it in, some of it in the garage and that's not the case here <laughs> it's you walk and you get what you can carry and you have a tiny refrigerator and you walk up a bunch of steps to get to your house and my children are really seeing the culture of an area not just as you know let's go here for one day or let's go there for one day we went to the british museum today for the third time and you can just walk around you don't have to as a tourist you have maybe a few hours to be there but in homeschooling there are so many opportunities. Uh, let me back a bit. Also, when we first got here in February, it was you know a bit of culture shock, but it was also wonderful to be able to go and say, "Hey, let's go to this gallery." We went to the Tate Gallery. The children and I wandered around, and I asked them. I said, "Look for your favorite painting. Just let's just look for it." And so they wandered around, and each of them picked out something that was really special to them. And we talked about why they liked it. And we sat in a room where they actually had paper out to encourage people to draw. And my kids sat and drew. And and、uh, Lily asked me, "Mommy, what's that painting about?" And we sit down and get out my phone and look it up on the internet and and read about the artist and what the story was all about in that particular painting. And and you could go really in depth. I mean, you could do full-on essays, and you could do artist studies, and there was so much. And I think that's what overwhelmed me the most: the history of England alone. It's not like the United States, where it's a few hundred years. It's so many, all the way past the Romans, and 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 then you have the art and the music and the science and. It was so overwhelming as a homeschool mom. I thought I'm going to miss so much, and I had to say to myself, "You're going to miss some. <laughs> That's okay. It's all right. Let's just focus on what we have and have fun with it." I think that's the key here. I could have a tendency to panic and wonder if maybe are my kids getting enough? What about all the math and the science and things like that? And We, I considered maybe not bringing any of our math over here and that kind of thing, but then I thought that was just too long—three months. <laughs> so we do. We sit down and we have days where we do our schoolwork in our flat, and、um, we've watched some fun movies. We watched Sense and Sensibility, and we watched、um, Miss Potter, and we read Winnie the Pooh, and we're reading Peter Pan. It, it's so exciting to be able to. Take the time to not be stuck in a rigid schedule, but to be able to say, "Hey, let's do this." I think one of the highlights of the trip has been this, and I knew I wanted to do this when we first came, and now we've finally done it. We, as a family, read Winnie the Pooh together, and such a charming book. We thoroughly enjoyed it, and I have a little budding author in Claire, my oldest, and she loved all the wit that A. A. Milne would put into his writings. And then 
we found that the Victorian Albert Museum was having a special exhibition on Winnie the Pooh. And it was highlighting A.E. Milne and E.H. Shepard. And so we went to that after we read it and we saw the original artwork. And they had this whole interactive exhibition that kids got to be a part of. And it was so special. They got to hear A.E. Milne reading the book. And that was amazing. And then to top it all off on Tuesday, we took the train to Hartfield where A.A. Milne lived and his son, Christopher Robin, grew up. And we went to Pooh Sticks Bridge and we threw sticks in the water. And we went and found Rue's Sandy Pit and the Heffalump Trap. And, and we saw the Hundred Acre Wood and we went to a little store called Pooh Corner and we had tea with Winnie the Pooh sitting next to us. And I mean, you don't get that. You don't get that outside of homeschooling. And the kids loved it, and that's what they're going to remember. And I know there's probably a lot of parents who would have had their kids sit down and do a whole biography on A.A. Milne and you know, a book report, and I didn't. <laughs> I didn't. I don't want my kids to. I don't want them to lose the joy of where they are, and I really think they're absorbing it so much. I don't want to get into the idea that says, well, yeah, you guys got to go to England. That's the only reason you could do this. And I could have taken my children had I had that opportunity. And I would have maybe done something totally different. I might have focused much more on the history of England rather than art. So speak a little bit about how your personality infuses your homeschool with what you think is important. And what are your guidelines for what should we focus on and what shouldn't we? It's funny because when I started homeschooling, it was in my kids, Claire was in preschool. And the common phrase I heard people say was, oh, it'll be so easy for you because you were homeschooled. And it's completely different actually being the teacher. So it's it's not easy. I'm not, like I said, a natural born teacher. Um, and I kind of fly by the seat of my pants a lot of times, <laughs> open the cupboards and say, what are we going to do today? <laughs> so that is me. That is more my personality. My goal is to have my children desire to learn. I don't want to burn them out. I want to expose them to things. I want them to find their passions and hone in on that. And then in the subjects that maybe they don't care for as much, we find something they do like in it or um, something that would interest them. Like Claire loves to write, but she really only writes fiction. Now, she started out hating writing. She would not, I and mean, she was in the third grade, she wouldn't even pick up a pencil. She would sit there and cry because she was so afraid of making a mistake, which broke my heart. That to me, as a mom, I'm thinking, oh my goodness, okay, so she's not writing right now, and she should be writing, and oh, is that gonna hinder you know, the rest of your schoolwork and what about getting into college and, you know, the rabbit trails that you, your mind takes. And I had some very wise counsel from the homeschool mom, Eileen Schaefer, and she said, just stop. Don't do anything. Wait until she is ready. And that was so unnatural seeming to me, but I took up that advice and I just read to her and we had fun together and learned other things. And then she actually said, a few months later, Mommy, can I write again? And over the years, this girl now, she writes all the time. She is always with her computer. She has a notebook with her. She wants to be an author. <laughs> and that's not for me. She writes, and 
And the same thing with William on this trip. My son, he's eight years old, and I thought I should be having him write more, and uh, we should be doing more of this, more of that, and he really wasn't writing anything. And then he heard his sisters telling the stories they had written, and he said, Mommy, can I write? And I said, okay. And he wanted my computer. And so he started, he wrote 500 words in one sitting. What you're bringing up here is that true education is the not the paradigm of 30 children or 10 children or 20 children sitting in desks, all facing a teacher, all learning at the same time. Yes. What your children are getting is true education. And you can look at education as what? The accumulation of facts? No. The ability, especially in a Christian context, which you live and, and I live and most of the people who are watching this do, is how to be useful to the kingdom of God. And so at what time frame does that happen? I mean, it took a while for your daughter to say, I want to write. Mm-hmm. Wasn't it much better that she wanted to write rather than you were forcing her to write? Yes, so much. You know, that's, I've also had to remember, I, I, you know, I think, oh my goodness, we only have three more years with her. <laughs> then she goes to college and will she be ready and all these things. Now, those are all still things I deal with it. I, I get the fear of maybe I'm not doing enough or maybe this and that. And, and I just know that at the heart of it, that God is, God's in the middle of this. Our, our goal is for our children to grow strong in their faith, to grow strong in what they believe and not just because we are teaching them something, but because they know it to be true. And that's been another reason why this particular season of our life and my husband's startup has been so good. It's been a huge struggle. A huge struggle. It's another positive of homeschooling. You know, we would have had our kids in a private school if they were not homeschooling. Well, there's no way we would have been able to afford that or keep this company going as long because we would have run out of money so much sooner. And my children are seeing a classroom in their home of watching their daddy work in an ethical way. And they're watching him trust the Lord. They're watching him move forward when some people might think we were crazy for what we were doing. They might think you're being foolish and all this money you have now is gone and, and what are you doing? And But we have very, very clearly heard God say, move forward. We've prayerfully right. you know, talked about that with him and with each other and everyone, our pastors, our friends, our family who love the Lord, have counseled us and move forward. And so it's a huge step of faith. Right there is a part of our children's education as well. I want my kids to love to learn. I want them, you know, we can shove our heads full of facts. I can take them to all the museums there is, and we can read about all these different artists, and we can do all these different things, and, you know, really, really get into the history of the country, And but then they get burned out, and they hate it. And I have not wanted that to happen. And I know it can easily happen when you're, when you're living somewhere, let's go here, let's go there. And the kids are just like, Mommy, can you just be at home today? Speak to this point that rather than having the Bible and God's word as a separate subject, in other words, we have our math and we have our reading and we have history and we have geography and we have language or whatever it is, and then we have Bible. Talk about how homeschooling not only gives you the opportunity, but that you can infuse God's word into every every subject you're going into. Oh, absolutely. And I think that can be a real danger in our lives as Christians. 
we can very easily label ourselves. I am this, I am this, I am this, and being a Christian is one of it, but it's not overall everything. My husband, for instance, he very much sees what he's doing in his startup as completely for the Lord and that this is God's company. Now, there, honestly, there is nothing Christian about this company. It's a supply chain company. You know, there's there's no way that, you know, we're, we're taking the gospel to this place here and, you know, we're preaching Jesus here. But he's being Jesus in the workplace. He had somebody say to him the other day, you smile all the time. Why do you smile all the time? You know, and he's ethical. And he doesn't swear. Um, he says he's never heard such profanity here in London as he has. I mean, in his 18 years of Cisco, he has never heard so much profanity here. But he doesn't do that. And his children see that. And he, he says, I don't separate my Christianity from anything else. It's who I am. And so that's, that goes into our um, school time as well. Of We study Bible. We study. We get in the Word and we read it. And we read about the history of that time. We read about great theologians. But we also see that in our writing, in our science, in our history. And... Um, you know, the, the, the scripture says that, you know, talk with your children about these things. You know, when you, when you sit down, when you're walking down the street, um, when you're eating meals together. There have been so many opportunities that we've seen here of different situations that something happened and the kids were puzzled by it. And we were able to say that you see that ugliness there. That's what happens when people don't have God in their lives to show them. The, the way things should be. God gives us his rules not to be mean, but to protect us. And all of that factors into their, who they are as, as little Christians. <laughs> you know, and, and, um, and they see that, they can see that in history. Look what happens here. When we, I remember when we were studying years ago, ancient Egypt, I was at first anxious about... Um, introducing anything that was not Christian into their education. There's different philosophies of homeschooling on that. Some say, yes, bring in Greek myths and things like that. And so they say, don't just have, you know, the, the word of God be soul. And there's pros and cons to both. And we decided to go ahead and teach them about the things that the world believes so that they can understand it. And when we were learning about ancient Egypt, we learned about how the pharaohs actually believed they were a God. So when we were studying about Moses... When he walks in front of Pharaoh and says, the Lord God says, let my people go, that has a totally different meaning. He, he was you know, being told, no, you are not a God, and the true God says, let my people go. And no wonder Pharaoh was so stubborn about it, because he'd be admitting, no, he wasn't a God after all, to his, all of his people. And that just was a deep-rooted part of their culture. So... It just, I mean, I didn't know that. <laughs> I learned that right along with my kids. <laughs> right. And I think that's another aspect we have to talk about with homeschooling, that uh, for a lot of us, our education truly flourished as we became home educators teaching oh, yeah. our children. I never yeah. liked history growing up. I yeah. love it now. It's so exciting. Right. <laughs> Are you interested in Christian education? Would you like to learn how to be a Christian teacher or how to run your very own Christian school with success? 
the GCS Apprenticeship Program can help. Learn more on our website at gcsapprenticeship.com. So I have a question from one of our viewers. She says, the great opportunity of home education is you can tailor the experience for the individuality of each child. What if you have started with a very strict approach? How do we transition into a more flexible approach in order to take advantage of the types of experiences you're talking about? That's a great question. I think that there is a pressure that we feel as moms that we must teach our children everything, that we have to get it right or they're going to fail miserably. I mean, I am, it is always something I think about. I'm always worried about, am I doing enough for my kids? I think it's really good to look at the schedule and it's really good to look at the heart of things. Uh, Another homeschool mom that I just love, who's been a really neat mentor to me, she said to me, if anything causes your children to cry, stop. If it is the relationship, she said to me when I started homeschooling my daughter in high school, she said the most important thing in these four years is your relationship with your daughter. And I just thought that that rings so true. Um, I was really blessed to have parents that just are amazing. And they, the relationship that we had all through those years. Now, again, homeschooling really enables you, if you allow it to, to get closer as a family. The siblings get closer. The parents and the kids get closer. So that when I hit those college years and I'm hearing all these things that are completely different from what I've been taught, and I knew I was going to be hearing them, I knew that I could sit at the dinner table at night and say to my dad, okay, I know evolution's not right, but why? You know, why is this not right? Or if there's another question coming up, they said this today, why don't we believe that? And to have the freedom and the relationship to be able to speak openly and to be able to speak honestly without that fear. My kids know they can come to me with anything. We can talk about crazy subjects. And it's okay. It's okay. And all that stuff will get covered. It really will. Right. So let me expand on something you just said, because I think it's extremely important. These are foundational years for your children. They're not adults yet. And we do differentiate between children and adults. But what you're saying is was true in your family situation is that as you ventured out more into the world and you weren't necessarily in the greenhouse, which I don't think is a bad idea. If you raise flowers, you start them in a greenhouse, but they don't stay in a greenhouse forever. And what your family situation allowed for was the fact that you could come back and say, all right, this is the first time these views are really being challenged in my life. Uh, Were your parents freaked out? Oh, my goodness. Michelle has just abandoned her faith. Or did they understand that you were experiencing something different in the environment of a non-Christian situation? They, they knew it. And I, I really went into college knowing we talked about it. And that was something that I, my parents really did well, is that all throughout my growing up years, we talked about the future. We talked about what things were going to be, when a young man would come into my life, when I would go off to college. And we, we talked about what we would do, what we wouldn't do, and reasons why. And um, so that it was never a big shock. My parents were really good in giving me freedom to 
explore things in the sense of in a safe place. You know, both my husband and I have really seen if you have a stranglehold on your kids, if you're if you're shoving it in them, which is easy to do because we don't want them to lose what we've been teaching them, they can walk away from the faith. They want it. They they just they kind of rebel. They just they don't want to be around that. But if you're walking with them, if you're taking that path and showing them in love, again, they are more apt to listen. And if you have that relationship there, that relationship is the most important thing. That, I think, is is out of all of the things that we are learning with our kids, out of all that we're doing in homeschooling, that really is going to be what lasts. I mean, I don't remember a lot of what I learned in elementary school growing up. And I think, you know, when we go through all those years, it's not until kind of college that maybe we remember some of the things. And even then, some of that's just gone because it's we took the test. and Now we're done. I, I did hear a mom say, and I, I'm not going to do this, but it gave me a real peace about it. Anyway, she said she never taught her kids any science in all of their growing up. It just wasn't a subject she was comfortable with. She didn't like it very much. And her kids grew up and were science majors in college. So, you know, that says a lot. Yes, it does. Because I think a lot of times if we make education this incredible burden that nobody likes, I I like what that person told you. I wish I had heard this person tell me this when I was doing math with one of my children. If the child is crying, stop. That means that something else is going on. And we joke now about all the tears that were shed over geometric theorems, which neither one of us used today. Yeah. And right. But so I think the governing force here is to remember God gave children, your children to you. Mm -hmm. Therefore, the only permission you need truly comes from the Lord Jesus Christ and his word. Mm -hmm. You might bring in other advisors, but they don't have the jurisdiction to tell you what to do. Even though we have a state system and a school system that always tries to do that, we must remain true to God and our calling as parents. And I don't know about you, but in all the years I homeschooled, I never ran into any legal issues. I know other people have, and I praise God and thank God every day for that. But part of that is the resolve that when you're truly educating your children, you're truly obeying God and God promises blessing for obedience. And I know your family has experienced it, even in the midst of some difficulties and trials, but that's the beautiful part about our God. He, he keeps his promises. It is. And you know, um, it's not technically a school subject, but this whole adventure we've been on with my husband's startup, our whole family has been involved. Uh, My kids helped name the company we talk at the dinner table about it and about, you know, what this is going to do for people and, and uh, about different situations that come up ethically and how do you handle that. And they have seen a struggle where, you know, when my husband was at Cisco, we were very comfortable. And we had, you know, money in the bank and we had a retirement set up and we were, we were it was good. And then he took us to a point of not having anything. I mean, it may sound rather exotic that we are here in London. We are here really honestly on our kids' college funds <laughs> because God called us to it. He said, you think that that money you saved is for their college fund. That's not what this is for because I have more for you. 
And he's spoken that word to us over and over again through different people who don't even know each other. So we know that's a reason why we're here. But um, my kids, if the only thing, if we lose everything in this, which I honestly don't believe we're going to, I think honestly God has amazing things in store. But if, if the only thing that happened to this is that my children grew in their faith, and that when they're older, they don't depart from that. They can walk strong. And when they get into times that are hard, when, when life is not easy, and when they're being told by others, just stop, just go do the normal thing and get away from this, and they stand true to their faith, that's the most important thing. And that is the biggest thing that, that my husband and I want our kids to learn through this, is that things might be hard, but... God is bigger than all of this. And he's promised us, if you are faithful, I take care of you. And they've seen over and over again how God does that. And so we've been here going to every free thing that we can. <laughs> so that's one thing that's true. Homeschoolers can be very enterprising in terms of, uh, I know in our area, if you want to see a production of something and they open up the dress rehearsal, let's go watch the dress rehearsal. Well, let me say this. You are an example of generational blessing. The second commandment tells us that God visits the iniquity on those who hate him, but he shows mercy unto thousands of them that love him and keep his commandments. And I know that your parents and your grandparents were people who held God in his word in high esteem. And it's really, um, I hope, an encouragement for other people. It's certainly an encouragement for me to see the generational blessing when people take God's word seriously about the family. We do. And, you know, um, my parents, you know, they're, they're very open in saying that they both came from households that were not the way they raised us. There were, there were lots of differences. And um, so God is just, he's gracious. And I'm thankful that my parents didn't say, well, this is how we did it, you know, when I was growing up, so this is how we're going to do it here. They really took things and said, what is God telling us to do? What, in fact, when my aunt started homeschooling her kids, and she was a credentialed teacher, they thought she was crazy. They just thought, what are you thinking? And over the course of one year, the Lord changed both of their hearts and brought them to a place where they decided homeschooling is what God is calling us to and completely turn them around. And so I think you said something important. Yes. Homeschooling is a calling. Yes. It's a lifestyle choice. It's not something fashionable that we do. So we don't have to get up early and drive our kids to school <laughs> because <laughs> the truth is it would be easier at times to get up early and put our kids on a bus. True. And I can remember when my children, specifically my girls were out and they were in sports competitions and various people found out that they were homeschooled. And they say, oh, don't you, you're so lucky. It must be easier. And they would look at them, put their hands on their hips and go, uh, uh, no, I, I really think you have it easier in school than I do. Trust me, because you have one teacher with all these other people. My parents are just focusing on me. Mm, that's very true. It <laughs> is it is a calling. And I do, I do think God has a sense of humor because I could never be a classroom teacher is not my calling at all. But I love teaching my kids. 
I say that, but sometimes I get a pit in my stomach and I wake up in the mornings because sometimes it can be a fight. You know, they don't know. That is a disadvantage of homeschooling from day one through. They have no idea how good they have it. You know, when I was homeschooling, I was in the classroom. I'm, I'm, before I was homeschooled, I was in a classroom uh, until sixth grade. So I knew about sitting in your seat, getting your schoolwork done. It was never an option. And here it's, Mom, do I have to do math today? And I think I think that's um, a good part to remember. Yes. This side of heaven, all parents are not fully sanctified, and they give birth to children who have the stain of sin. So how do we work all that out in the midst of trying to go forward? And that's where God's word is the light unto our path and the lamp unto our feet, which I always get those mixed up. But anyway, <laughs> you understand what I mean. We have to remember that homeschooling in and of itself is not the end. No. That the kingdom of God, that's what we're called, to seek first the kingdom of God. And homeschooling is a very, very uh, true way to put the kingdom of God before our own consideration. So you and your husband had to decide, well, we had this fund for college. Well, if God intends for your children to go to college, he will provide the way. Right now, what they've been given is an education that is enviable. They're, they're actually in a position where they've got someone who wakes up going, what are we going to do today to enhance our understanding of where God has placed us? It's amazing. It, and I really believe it was one of those things. You know, we, it's been a rough few years. Uh, we haven't taken you know, any really family vacations because we haven't had the money. And we had had a really tight budget. Christmas, you know, the kids got just a couple gifts. And things are tight. And it's all, you know, they used to ask me every time we go in the store, Mommy, can I buy this? Can I buy that? And now they never ask because they know I say, we don't have anything. So, no. And, um... So now it's always, when we get funding, when we get funding, can we get this? You know, my husband, he has wanted to travel the world with our kids because that is, again, an advantage of homeschooling is that, you know, we've decided that instead of saving money and, and you know, going skiing every year, which some people do and love, that's great, I'm not putting that down. We would rather personally put that money aside and every few years do something like we got to take the girls on a cruise to the Mediterranean um, when uh, they were eight and 10. And we just learned all about Greek and Roman history. So to walk along these places we just learned about and to see the, the Parthenon and to walk um, into the Colosseum and see, uh, I remember the, the tour guide said, this is a mosaic, who's this a mosaic of? And they looked down and said, that's Athena. And, you know, for a moment I was holding my breath, like, are they going to know? <laughs> I got the answer right. <laughs> Mommy, please. <laughs> <You know? laughs> That's yeah. funny. But that was something well, really hard that we weren't able to do this kind of thing. And I had told the kids, boy, when we get funding, I just want to go to Disneyland. I just want to go somewhere and have some fun. And God's like, no, you're going to London for three months. Right. <laughs> right. Well, praise God for that. Well, Michelle, thank you so much. I think that, uh, first of all, it's been fun for us. Um, even though we live about, what, 15 minutes apart, uh, when you're back here in California, uh, it's been nice to connect with you. And um, I sincerely hope that others take to heart not so much the details, but the big picture that you have shared with us today. A couple of questions. How long before you return? 36 days and counting. So we are two thirds of the way through. 
Okay. And I happen to know that some of your friends and family have benefited because part of your pictures on Facebook have shown us that your in-laws came out and your pastor and his family came out. So uh, I'm sure people are like, it's good to know the Johnstons. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and just today, we had some other homeschool family that were out here on a trip they've been planning since December. And they said, do you want to get together? And we were like, yes, let's do it. So my yes. kids were wandering the British Museum. They loved it, but they were like, yeah, we've, been, we've seen this three times, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Well, that's great. Yeah. All right. Um, I, we have a thank you from one of our viewers for sharing your story. And uh, so thank you, Michelle. I appreciate it. Oh, it's been great. And I hope and pray that uh, as God calls you, that you realize that there are plenty of resources to help you in being obedient to God. Thank you for joining Andrea Schwartz and the Kingdom Driven Family Podcast. Holding up the family and self-government as a true and lasting means of transforming society. Please visit thekingdomdrivenfamily.com and reconstructionistradio.com.